0: have to suffer for Jesus. All right. Okay, we're going to set those there. Um, my heart is kind of funny today. My heart is always kind of funny. But sometimes I'm more aware of it. I uh, Maybe I just... I, I, I kind of am like happy in the Lord, it's good to be happy in the Lord, but at the same time, somewhat grieved that, you know, you look back at life and you see things that shouldn't happen, or you wish they didn't happen, or people that aren't here that should be here, and uh, then there's people that are here that aren't weren't here, that's very nice to see you, I'm not grieved that you're here, though. <laughs> <laughs> praise God, well sometimes you reflect on that and your heart kind of is like, and I think maybe that's, you know, part of what Paul was talking about, where he says, I want to know him, and the the fellowship of his sufferings. I think Jesus would look out over Jerusalem at one point, the city that he came to love, to his people, the capital of his... And he looked out and wept over that city because his heart was grieved because they didn't realize what was going on there. But yet it did not move him from God's purpose. And sometimes we think sadness or grief is kind of, man, that's a bad deal. God can't be possibly moving there. But I think in this life, because of sin and because of our nature and the way God now has to deal with us, sometimes bringing sadness or grief or hardship into our life causes us to reflect in a way that nothing else would cause us to reflect. So as I'm going through these things in my own life, see now sometimes we don't realize that parents, teachers, elders, pastors, apostles, whatever you want to say, actually are like people too. And we think, well, just they don't have any trouble. Well, I mean, Jesus was healing the sick, raising the dead, preaching the gospel, but continually, on the, in his mind, was he was going to die for the sins of the world, and nobody really cared. <laughs> Heal me, do this, come see my son. We want to have dinner over for dinner, and, and I, what was it? Who was it? It's all. It's not all about me, and this is what we think. We said, oh, now that I'm saved, well, God, it's all about me. No, it's not all about you at all. And that is really one of the the great foundations that has slipped in since sin. It's really all about God. Now, He is the only one that should receive glory, should receive praise, should receive honor. He's the only one who's worthy of those things. But since sin has entered into our life, we think it's praise and honor, glory is for me. And God died for me and he's supposed to make my life. This is incorrect. We kind of get like God and the world mixed up together. This is what the Bible talks about. Jesus says, let your eye be single. Now, the word adultery means that you're kind of mixed two different things together. You should be only sin- That's why the Bible speaks about it. I read this, talked about this scripture the other day. It came to my mind. In the Old Testament, it says, don't plow your field with an ox and a donkey. Well, that's kind of like a silly thing. Why is God saying that? Another thing is, when you when you weave clothes, don't mix cotton and wool together. Well, see, sometimes we look, man, man, that's kind of ridiculous. But he's really saying, don't mix your life with the world and with God. Don't have two different directions. There's got to be a solid core of our eyes need to be single. And this is the continual training that goes on. Now, Before I get started this morning, or as I am getting started, I read the sign across the street. And sometimes I almost feel like putting an arrow on our sign and says, read the one across the street. It kind of has some good ones every now and again. Ours are pretty good, too. I get a lot of comments about those. But nevertheless, I'm trying to find out what the sign says. There's a palm tree right in the way. Can you cut that down, Aaron? Um, We become like the people with whom we associate. So select your friends carefully. Now, that's a very nice saying. And we all hear it kind of, I hear it in a, in a worldly type way. And then I, I thought about that, I began to think about what I was going to share this morning. And uh, since I know that God orders our steps and all things work together for the good and all things are for my sake, I say, okay, Lord. So I kind of have these, I like to read that sign, I like to read these things, and sometimes God uses them. And I'm thinking, you know, pick your friends carefully. Carefully, because you're going to become like who you're associated with. Now, how do... I believe that is a true statement. I believe that's even something in the heart of God, that, that as we walk with Jesus, we're supposed to become like Him. However, what I found in my former life, if we could do that, and sometimes, again, there's a carryover, because we really... When many people, when they saw Jesus, were afraid of him. They, man, what what's a power? When they saw the early church, remember we read, we talked about that scripture. They saw that and were amazed. They were astonished, but nobody wanted to get close to it, because I believe there's a characteristic of God. We, we sing about it. He is a consuming fire, and he has a purpose that will not change. It's not going to change for your whining. It's not going to change for your desires. It's not going to change for your disagreement. It's not going to change for anything. And that sometimes scares me. See, it says when, they, when, when Jesus set His face like flint to go to Jerusalem, they, they, the disciples go, wow, we never saw this aspect of Him. We're little... This is strange. He's not taking time to pray for the children. And, and they saw a determination and it put fear in them. And I think many times... And we sang that song, you know, we, we, need, not, we need to crush the dirt serp- serpent's head and say, fear, get out of here. But many times fear comes in a package that we're very familiar with and it seems to make sense. And this is where our minds need to be transformed continually. So again, in my former life, I realized pretty, pretty, pretty quickly that I, wasn't, I didn't want to be like anybody else. And so my circle of friends became very, very small. Matter of fact, pretty soon I was on the highway by myself. And the only... Why is that funny? It's sad. I'm burying my heart in here. And pretty soon I found out that... And again, please bear with me cause, and try to relate this to yourself. I know many of you probably weren't, you know, not on the highway. But it's the same aspects. The same person that is sin nature is in me is in you. And I found pretty soon that my friends, what I thought were friends, was just people that I could use for a certain amount of time. You know, if I was getting chased by a bear, you stay behind. And pretty but after a while, okay, I got my lunch. I don't need that person. I move on here. And because I didn't, I wanted my life to be in my own hands. Now, when I came to the Lord, and again, for me, this was very clear because of the way that my life was many maybe some of us are more like shaded or more concealed and we we kind of think that we're generally okay and we're good and we're, we're trying to do the right thing i pray for you because that is not what the scripture reveals and God will have to take you to a place to, 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 to let us know that we, there is none righteous, no, not one. We have all sinned. We're all haters of God. And until that revelation is there, I continually, in my goodness, fight against God's purpose, thinking, "Why, oh, I'm pretty good. Now, the Pharisees, they were great at it. They wanted to kill Jesus doing God a favor. Well, how could you be so deceived? Well, that's the way we are. Until I come to the place and I say, Lord... Whatever you say. Now, I may, I, may not do, I may not agree with it. I may fight against it. I may fail seven times at it. I may. And the thing that keeps, me, keeps us away from Jesus and his purpose is I don't want God to change me. I don't want to become like him. See? So when I got saved. And again, this became very clear to me. There was a lot of people getting saved. Some of them looked pretty hippy-dippy, and some of them were pretty wasted, and so forth and so on. And then there was the direction of God. I'm going to, for for the pastor, the the, the leader of the church, who was nothing like I, I mean, it was everything that I hated. He was a white, middle-class person. He was overweight. He didn't do drugs as far as I know. He worked for a living. I mean, everything that I had rebelled against seemed to be embodied in this man that we called Jim Durkin. His hair was kind of just regular hair. Ate just about anything. Drank, caught. Now, see, now, find things that repulse you about the Lord. Find something that you don't want to do. And you find Peter had some things like that. I'm never going to eat that. God gives him a vision, says, kill him." He says, I won't do that. I... And that what Peter actually ran away from was actually having Jesus be in control of his life. And what, Peter, what Jesus actually says to Peter is, do you love me enough to be like me? Will you feed my sheep like I fed my sheep? Will you give your life for the purpose of God as I gave my life? Many of us can go fishing and be, live a pretty good life, Many of us can get the bread and then walk with him no more and still live a pretty good life. But that's not what we're called to. And pretty soon I had these two things before me. I could have continued to hang around with those that were cultivating marijuana. We should have waited a few years. It was legal. (laughs) And the people that, you know, or I would have to give up everything. Now, to you, it may not seem like everything. See, when we got married... I had a little chunk, a little handbag or something. And my wife appreciated nothing in there. I had a moose tooth. Don't know why she didn't like that. I don't think we have that anymore. But what I also had was as I was on the highway and I'd pick up things, I had a whole set of keys, but I didn't know what they opened. And I was hoping that someday... And some of us live... If you play the lottery and you go, you're winning like someday... Oh, have you ever... You know, you, you watch some of the TV shows and God will just answer and He'll send you a million dollars. Some people are just waiting at their mailbox for that million dollar check. Now, if you would have worked a little bit, you already would have made that million dollars. And then every day you're disappointed. A million dollars isn't coming. Get madder and madder at God. He's saying, get up and work. I told you. Anyway, that's the different message. But I had all these keys. My wife says, what are these? I said, They're keys. She says, what are they for? I said, well, I'm hoping that someday I'll just find that lock. And I'm not looking for that lock anymore. But what I had to realize is that God was going to take me, show you what great things you will suffer for his name's sake. See, Paul began to hang around with those that once he hated and despised and persecuted and was going to become like them. Do we, will we be willing to lay down our own life to become in the image that God wants to mold us in? Now, we can all say we'd all like to be in the image of Jesus Christ. That's a good thing. But the Bible talks about God being the potter and we're being the clay. He wants to mold my life as he sees fit and there's many things that I would that's not like me I remember telling you know I was long I mean when, when I got saved I he said where do you do? Oh, I'm headed to India see I was headed to India to see you know swim in the Ganges or something dirty polluted river but somehow that was going to make you very clean but I, I had all these things and, and I had these little yoga books that I'd, 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 I I would still sneak away and practice yoga. And see, so, so... I mean, Jesus. how many people know Jesus is okay? Hey, Jesus. There used to be a song like that. Jesus is just okay. Anyway, not a good song. And Jesus is okay as long as he stays in his place. In the manger. Nice cute, cute manger scene there. And, but when we see Jesus as a consuming fire that wants to overtake our life and make it into something that maybe you didn't choose... See, we didn't choose him. See, when I was, we could choose our friends. Oh, I choose this guy, and I choose that guy, and I choose this guy. But then God says, no, I have chosen you. Now I want you to, oh, well, I don't want to be like that person. I don't want to be like that person. I don't want to, I don't, be-. at some point, then I would have to say, Lord, you are in control of my life, and I will lay down my old life. And I will allow you to conform me to those, to him not to those, but to him that's called me. Now at some point, he's like, wow, what happened to all my beliefs? I would have to lay those aside and actually, see, Jesus actually had to do the same thing. Speaking in Psalms about himself, he says, when he looked upon himself, he despised himself. He said, I'm no man. He emptied himself so completely. He said, God, you do with me what you will. Do you know who picked his twelve? It was not him. It was his father. Don't you think he could have picked a better twelve? And one was a devil. And you know why he picked that one? Because God said, pick that one. That the Scripture might be fulfilled. It wasn't up to him. It was to fulfill God's purpose. And sometimes if it was left up to me, I would not fulfill God's purpose. That's Judas. He's going to betray you. Not him. Not... You know, I began to think of sometimes. Have you ever looked at sometimes and, and sometimes your things in your life seem like failures, and you thought, "Man, why was I so dumb?" Sometimes I, you know, I, I, if I had just a half a brain, it'd be it'd be it'd be good. Maybe if I had no brain, it'd be better. But sometimes, and I look at things and say, "Man, why did that happen?" You know, I, I look at sometimes at the experience that we had in Turkey, and I, I thank God for that. But you know, I'm looking at some of the decisions I made and go. Man, those were stupid decisions. I'm smarter than that. Why would I do something like that? I don't know why. I mean, that just seems like... And then I began to think of Jacob. Now, Jacob was a shrewd person. He was no dummy. Boy, did he make a bad deal with Laban. Why did he make such a dumb deal? And then after that, he makes another dumb deal. For another 14 years, he's having to work this thing out. God has a purpose that you know very little about and he may be wanting to conform you into something you know nothing about and he, allow him to put you on the potter's wheel and mold you and sometimes we get molded Have, how many people ever thought you were ready for the kiln and you thought man I'm almost there I think this week he's, you know, if he, even if he doesn't come back I think I'm going to walk perfectly from now on anybody here like that besides me How many people were let down on Friday? Yeah. And hear it Because that's not... God's purpose is not to make you a museum piece. It's not to make you such a holy person that you can sit around going, look at me, I am... He wants to put you in sandals. Well, you know what I'm saying. Like Jesus. And walk in the dirt of this world and show forth a life that has been conformed to something it never chose. It's conformed to God's will. I think some time ago I said, thank God my life turned out to nothing that I wanted it to be. Sometimes I look at my life and I go, man, I don't want to be here. You know, wouldn't it wouldn't be easy to run away. I don't want to deal with any of this stuff. But this is what God has for you. Will we be able to hold on to Him and say, Lord, lead me? But I don't... And not just tolerate it, but embrace it to where my life and my thoughts are actually changed. Now, I'm still tempted in certain ways. I mean, not not real heavy. I think I told my wife the other day, honey, one of these days I'm just going to leave you. She laughed. I mean, it we weren't wasn't we matter having a fight. I was just, you know, kind of like, you know. She said, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> she said, it's too late. You'll never do that. I said, okay, you watch. And you know, so on and on. But God wants to change us and to become like someone we never, maybe in something we actually despised. See, I would look out and say, "Man, I don't, I don't mind serving Jesus as long as, like I said, I wanted to hop freight trains for Jesus or go preach to the, you know, the, on the Gandhis or something like that." Or some God said, "No, no, no." What happened? Jim Durkin? No, I, that's, that's just ridiculous. I have no. And and at some point it was a great I saw, many, I saw dozens and dozens of people leave the church because they simply didn't want to give up their life and God is going to bring you in with people that are going to mold you and there's going to be a choice of saying no I don't want to do that or yes I believe this is what God has mold me now that needs to be if not then pretty much I'm running my own life I pick my friends the way because they like what I like. But this is not what God works in your life. He puts you in the body as He sees fit. He knows what you need to fulfill His purpose. Now, is that somewhat clear? Because, like I said, I saw that sign that kind of was in my mind. But there needs to come a place to where, Lord, my life is not. Now, what is it? My life is not my own, not my philosophy. See, not my doctrinal position. My life is not my own. See? Now, that has to become a very real, tangible, life-changing experience that I no longer value certain... Th- I don't. If you go to my house now, you will not find a yoga book there. You will not find me practicing secretly yoga. You will not find me, like, spitting out my coffee in the morning and drinking herbal tea. I'm not, you know throwing up hamburgers and should be a vegetarian i'm not you know i have socks on in my shoes i have things like that i have a value why is that god said i'm going to change you i'm going to show you what great things you must suffer for my name's sake and every man of god every person of god god is determined to conform you to the image of jesus christ and you know practically if nothing about that And we must allow that process to take place in us. Otherwise, and again, that's really the discipleship or the sanctifying process in our life, saying, Lord, I want to see this change. And I begin to say, like Elijah and Elisha. He, he clings on that and says, there was many other things he could have done. As a matter of fact, Elijah, Elisha actually said, there's a school of prophets. Why don't you go over there? Not for me. And he was mind was changed and changed until God's purpose was fulfilled now if that does not take place in your life on an ongoing basis I mean with real value systems then pretty much you stay your own life Jesus has his place but we're not an earth shaking body of people that are preaching the gospel into all the world we're kind of a good people not too bad but there's no power there so we become another, uh, what do they call those, rehabilitation group. I don't want to be a real rehabilitation group. I remember people would get up and say, man, thank God God delivered me off drugs. And I was going, why? I had no desire to do that. It was like I, I was in sin. I liked it until something needs to happen. There needs to be a change of my desire there needs to be a change of all that I think all that I feel so that God can order my life just as he ordered the life of the Lord Jesus Christ he picked the twelve he did the work he gave the messages and Jesus ordered his life according to that now unless we actually see that process taking place where there is this warfare see now if I I hope you can hear this because I, I believe it's tremendously important Jesus became the carpenter's son, which means he was a carpenter. Why? He was the son of God. He could have done anything because God was working something in his life. Now, do you think he wanted to be a carpenter? Now, Jesus had the same body as we do. Probably at the age of 12 or 13, he didn't want to be like Dad at all. I don't want to be a carpenter. I think I want to be a lawyer or I want to be a king. Or I want to be a soldier. He learned obedience through the things that he suffered. And in those things that seemingly seem like nothing or arbitrary decisions, they will change your life. But it's going to take you to have ears to hear. See, in the book of Revelations, Jesus is speaking. He's speaking great words to the church. But in the end, he says, let those who have ears to hear, hear. We know many people did not hear it. And again, how does God... The book of Revelations you know, seems to be like one of the, 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 like the, the heavy books of the Bible. Everybody likes to talk about Revelations. What does it mean? They're looking into mysteries and at the end times are coming and it's prophecies of the future. You would think that Jesus would make, make no mistake about that. And some people think it's somewhat of a historical book. There was ages in the church. He's speaking to, well, obviously some churches that were backsliding or not doing too well. You would think these are very important messages. As a matter of fact, he says, if you don't hear it, I'm taking my anointing out. You're going to be left there with nothing. Pretty heavy words. How does he give that message? A very powerful message. He comes to a guy on an island who's been exiled there, and he gives it to him. And he has to write these heavy messages down why does God do that? Wouldn't you think if God had something... I hear a hum. Wouldn't you think if God had something to say, He would say it to you personally? How many people believe that? Can I have a show of hands? Come on. Does anybody believe that? Yes. I mean, if God wanted to tell me something, He'd tell me something. That's your idea. Get rid of it. He is telling you something. goes it to come to John on the Isle of Patmos. Now, I don't know how he got the message, stuck it in a bottle, threw it out. I don't know how that worked. But it seems like God goes through a lot of trouble. And He writes this thing down. God is speaking in ways that you don't know about. And the reason you don't know about it is because you've learned something different. And this is where God needs to change us. Let's turn now to the book of Genesis. And so these great words, if you have ears to hear, please hear. If not, you're just going to think it's... Oh, that's the carpenter's son. Oh, that's just Paul. He's a little crazy. Oh, that's just Peter. He's got a big mouth. Oh, that's just Jim Durkin. He's a little overweight. Oh, that's just Victor Bedoin. He's a little... Oh, that's just my mom. Mu- you have missed God once again. Oh, that's just, that's just my dad. He's a carpenter. We re- Let's get on with the work of God. No, don't miss it. He wants to speak to you. Now, in the book of Genesis, we talked about this a little bit and I don't think we gave it complete... justice here. Now, the Bible says in Romans, we all know this pretty well, in Romans chapter 3, I believe, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6 23, it says, and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Now, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. The problem with the death that we face, it often doesn't look like death. Sometimes it actually looks more alive than life. But that's because of something. Now we need to identify that. Because if not, we're going to continually judge God's Word by a sinful mind. And it's going to seem correct. But there has to come an ear to hear and hearing the Holy Spirit saying, look at this, this is what and you will probably have a good you might despise it, because when we looked at Jesus, according to Isaiah, what did we we despised him, we esteemed him not, we stricken, smitten and that couldn't be God, wait a minute that's exactly what God's doing, well God would never you don't know what God has other than wants to change you into a person that has laid down his life for the glory of God okay in verse 17 in verse 16 and the lord god commanded the man saying of the tree of the garden thou, of all the trees of the garden you may freely eat but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die now god is speaking now again we have a thing if god told me i would believe it and i would do it well god spoke to adam face to face and gave him a commandment. He didn't even have to read it. There was God saying it. And what did Adam do? Well, he didn't do it. He don't deceive yourself. you're, you're not that good. You're not that good. the reason we know you're not that good is because Jesus came into the world to die for you because you couldn't save yourself. There wasn't one bit of goodness left in you to redeem. Jesus would have to crucify you and your sinful nature on the cross with him so that you could be raised in newness of life. Now, wouldn't that be nice to be? That's what sets us free. See, and Okay, here, let's go to Genesis chapter 3. Now, on the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. How many of you, when you heard the gospel, you're dead and you're, ah, I'm not dead, look at me, I do this and I do that, and actually it looks like I'm having more fun than you, and that kind of stuff, right? Well, Adam and Eve did the same thing. See, Adam and Eve, when they, when they ate of it, didn't look like they were dead. As a matter of fact, they seemed to know more than they did before. Now, this is what we have to be aware of. Sometimes if you know more than what God has told you, you are in deep trouble. See, now remember it said here, we'll go back, but it said, said God says, where are you? And they said, we heard your voice and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. See, they figured out something. See, it wasn't like they, God now was no longer God. They had eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, hear me well on this. Many times we are not following God. We are following our system of good and evil, equating good and what we know with God. That's what I'm saying. See, so it's like you said, well, man... And then we look at the Bible, and that's why I said, I had to come to a place of saying, see, my God would never do that. And he said, that's exactly right. Your God would never do that. But I am, not, I am the God of creation. I am the God of salvation. I would do this. And I would have to come to a place, and still continually come to a place, that's God. I must change. If not, I only rely on the same value system that Adam and Eve did. Once they walked perfectly with God, and God would speak to them, and what took that place is the knowledge of good and evil. No longer were they hearing God in, in a revelation sense of hearing God's direction. They would weigh out what they perceived in facts with something God that never told them and they would fix the situation on their own. Now, if you knew you were naked, wouldn't it be better to close yourself and hide yourself from someone who's coming? That would be a right thing, correct? Based on what? based on what? Good and evil. Not on what God had told them. God had created them naked in the garden and said, it's perfect! It was perfect when Jacob had to work for 14 years. It was perfect when you had to go through some things you didn't want to go through. It was perfect when Moses had to wait 40 years in the desert. It was perfect when Jesus Christ was crucified. It was perfect when Paul's head was taken off. It was perfect when Noah... It was perfect. The thing that isn't perfect is when I rise up and go, hmm, I think I know better than this. Let me see. And the problem, this is what this is what Saul, the king Saul, had to be dealt with. He did that which was right in his own sight. He had heard the word of God, but then he, boy, I have to do this. I need to do this. He would then he would not he would choose his friends or his values according to his. Value system. And therefore, you have a church that falls back into all kinds of chaos, at the very least, debauchery, sin, and wickedness. Because I think that's pretty good. Well, you know what? And then God here says to them in verse 11, and he said, Who told you you were naked? Who's telling you these things? There needs to come a place to where I am hearing God's instruction. Now the enemy is going to be there and try to beguile us. Now immediately we're going to know that we're not. Now and this is something we we are not good at, and I, I'm going to we're going to be talking about this, but of really having our daily communication and our conversation with one, one another in Christ. We don't talk enough about Jesus Christ and His Word and the the practicing of His Word. Our conversation has lots of other stuff in it, but rarely. Are we talking about Jesus Christ and how God is working? And what, when we, we're going to find out then when the Word of God comes to the man who now lives by good and evil instead of God, there's something that now enters into the world that never was there before. And you're going to find it in almost every area of your life. I just had a, I just had a situation here this morning. It was one of the little, little kids. It was, uh, Elias. Elias you know that little charming child and um, he was sitting here playing with these plants now, he was sitting here playing with these plants and I said okay Elias please don't pick at those plants he keeps picking at them and I said Elias stop picking at the plants do you know what he actually told me I'm not I'm not I said stop touching them I'm not Does this sound familiar? This is like King Saul. This may be like you. Don't do that. When someone tells you don't do that, what do you feel like doing? Do it. That's rebellion. That's witchcraft. That's naughty, naughty, naughty. Don't do it. Okay, then the next step comes in. This is the result of sin. We're going to see it in Adam and Eve. We haven't changed. We just got better clothes on okay so then he starts So, so and he, I, I have to show you this because <clears throat> this is about where I, this is my maturity level so he's I'm not I'm not he says I said now stop it don't touch those I, I don't go away because I can feel his brain he starts with his sleeve <laughs> like this I said stop touching it now, the good word came. Stop touching it. That, now, if you would have heard correction. But when the good word comes, what does it produce in us? Sin! Sin! That's what it's supposed to do so God can say, Stop that! He's not... See, does anybody really care about the plant? I mean, God, I doesn't, even have, God doesn't even have fake plants in heaven. He can just make nice orchards everywhere. But He's not concerned about the plant. But He's going to... Remember, He's not concerned about the fish. He's going to use them, though. And if you don't stop touching the plant, you haven't heard God. Okay? I don't care if you're doing it with the sleeve. This is what? A three-year-old boy? Two-year-old boy? Sharp! Sharp! They're sharp! Sharp! and I noticed something the same sin that's in Adam and Eve are, enters into our children very quickly like I said when, when, when Grace and Anna were very young I could tell them I could teach them in t- Turkish or Armenian or English and they'd accept my words right away when I said anything they'd, they'd repeat it in, in those languages and they'd now but now because they've learned English so well if I say another word no it's honey I said no it's mer no it's honey And it goes on, because now what? They know something. Did you eat of the tree? Who told you that? And what keeps us away from God is the knowledge of another God. So anyway, he's touching it like this. And I said, okay, Elias, why don't we move you away from there? No, now he was... uh, So he ended up sitting by his dad. Because I didn't want to deal with it. This is what we have working in us. Now, I know all of us are much more mature than Elias. I was thinking about our children the other day. They are a, they're more than a reflection of us. They amplify who we are. I'm embarrassed. I mean, if you notice our children... And I, I mean, I thank God for our kids. And maybe we have a certain person. You know, I, I, and again, I'm not... I, I just... Uh, there has to be some kind of a, a way we, we, we deal with in this world. You know, sometimes I look at people like the Quakers or the Mennonites. Now, I don't... I, don't, I haven't lived in that community. Maybe they kind of... But, you know, they all seem nice. You know, when I say, boy, how come they're all so peaceful? And everybody that seems to go to that church is quiet, refrained, they dress, all their shirts are tucked in, the girls, they, they, you know, even when they're playing soccer, they're. In, they're... <laughs> you know, and our kids are like, hey, yeah, give me the boy on! <laughs> I'm going, well, why is that? And I said, oh, I think I know why some of that needs to be directed and fixed but some of it really is the aspect of the flavor of what God is doing in us I noticed that some of our kids are very outspoken and they're brash and they're intense and well I think and I begin to look around at the parents I said why little Johnny's learned well matter of fact he's better he's, he's better than mom and dad Okay, so we need to watch those things. They, they, kids amplify, and they mostly will amplify your weak areas. They just, they, I don't, they just always do that. And then, unfortunately, they maybe add to those because it's easier to do that. Okay, back now to the deal. The same thing is here. When Adam sinned, what immediately what comes out is justification. No matter how ridiculous. I'm not touching it. Are you, I mean, but this is what, oh no, see, I meant to, and immediately when God, now God comes to Adam. God is talking. This isn't like, you know, someone who can make a mistake. God comes and is talking. And said, and then here, and then a the man begins to justify himself. Be aware of justifying yourself. I know why you did it. I don't really care. Don't do it again. But we're not see, we have to justify ourselves. And in verse twelve. And the man said, Did you eat of the tree? What would be the right answer? Yes. What would have been the right answer? Would have ended it right away. Forgive him, bless him. You know, don't touch the thing. Okay but we're not real good at that, are we? Do you know why? We want to be right, and we want to show you I know more than you. No one's going to boss me around. I heard this word the other day. We don't want to kiss up the people. I think we should kiss up the people. Now, now see, I think probably in, in the Jewish culture, but in the Middle East, we would kiss each other. Now, don't get weird. I mean, you know, you'd greet one another with a holy kiss. And it wasn't really a kiss. You kind of just put cheese in and make the noise. But there was an intimacy there. And then you check your wallet. Because <laughs> it is the Middle East. But anyway, um, there needs to be this thing of like, oh, I think the disciples wanted to be like Jesus. Oh, okay, well, we'll do that. See, they had to lay down this to do this and simply to say don't touch yes did you eat of the tree and I think and I don't know this, but I think if they would have said father we ate of that father forgive me I think God would have forgiven them right then and there just like the son the prodigal son I've sinned against heaven and before you can I come come on back forgiveness is there but where there can be no forgiveness is where there's no sin I'm not touching it how could I possibly forgive you the next step is you have to be killed and that's where Jesus took, takes us and puts us on the cross with Him. You know, there's a bumper sticker. Uh, it says, It shouldn't hurt to be a child. And I understand the sentiment of it. But, um, anyway, I want to get one that says it shouldn't hurt to be a parent. Give me a break already! <laughs> My goodness! It shouldn't hurt to be a parent. No, I don't want to eat that! I gotta... Man! give me a break here okay and God said okay and the the man said did you eat of the tree because you know something now you're going to now argue with your father you're doing stuff that you didn't learn like I said I find things that are going on that I'm going where did you hear those from because you sure didn't learn them from me you sure didn't get them from the teaching that I teach where did you get those from I can feel it can you feel it inside you now that's where God wants to don't touch the flower. I think it was one of our kids. Who was it? Might have been Emily. It seems like an Emily deal, but it could have been Sally. Might have been me. No, it was me, maybe when I was a kid. It'd be like, you know, you're, you know you're picking on your brother, and you, now don't touch your brother. So I would be like this. I'm not touching him. Well, at that point, anyway. And, and here comes the... Now, watch your speech. When What is God dealing with them on? Life. Real stuff. He's not dealing with them... What, what, what verse did you get wrong? You didn't pray enough. Do you believe in speaking in tongues? Those things are, will come and are easy to come. But what God is going to deal with them is the character of actual real life. I didn't care about Christianity before I got saved. I don't care what you believe, what you don't believe, but don't put your life on me. That's where it took a point. I didn't even mind Jesus as long as, you know, it was Jesus and I could still do what I want. But when I realized that God wanted to be the Lord of my life and my life needed to change, I had some real issues. I had to realize that my life no matter I was corrupt in all its form, and no matter what goodness I had, it came from a corrupt root, and it must be changed. I was not moving towards God, and the devil and all my learning had warped me so that when God would get a hold of me, it would have to be this tremendous upheaval to make me anywhere near useful. And anything that I had learned and put value on would have to then be willing to be put down and be put down. This is what people run from when they see the power of God working in their life. They don't want they don't want their life changed. They don't want to give it up. And Adam was the same way. Elias is the same way. Children are the same way. Because they've now come not to God. They've come to a knowledge of good and evil. How many people will not do something because they know a better way? Yeah. God is not interested in your better way, Jacob. Yeah. God's not interested in your better way, Saul. God's not interested in getting the... The tabernacle back, David. He's interested in your heart obeying him, and actually having that work out in your body. So God now is going to deal. This it seems to be. We're going to talk about this at at the men's meeting. I, I I think we I let. I don't bring enough consequences come, over little things. God seems to bring a lot of consequences over simply eating, the fruit. He seems to bring a bring consequence over Saul. Little disobedience. I mean, he did like ninety percent of the stuff. It was like, man. And what was it about? It was about real life stuff. It was about eating or not eating from the tree. And so then, um, and verse twelve. And the man said, Adam said, the woman you gave me. She ate it, and she gave it to me, and I did eat. See, so he, was, he was like, I, I, I really didn't know what I was doing. She made me do it. Oh, I, I. Now, God, see, he doesn't buy into that. He says, nope, now you're, and he gives everybody their just correction. But what happens is when you're dead in sins and trespasses, we've all sinned, and the wages of sin is death, we actually think we know more than the the correct teaching. When they sinned, they died. The Bible says not you're going to die. You died. Now their body would eventually catch up with it. But they died. And when they died, they actually thought they were smarter than before. One of the symptoms that you're walking contrary to the Word of God is you know more. And you might actually know more. You might actually know more. God is saying, Peter knew more. I'll never eat that. Saul knew more. We had to do this. See, I, no, 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 no. Revelation, if you have ears to hear, saying, oh, God now is changing me. Even though I, Paul knew more. He knew the, He was a Pharisee touching the law blameless. He says, I will lay all that aside that I can know Jesus. And there would come times in his life, there's going to come times in your life, there's going to be a battle of what you know and what you think you know and what you've studied in the Word, and then Jesus is going to appear and say, will you lay that all down? See, sometimes it's easy to lay down certain sins. But is it easy to lay down your crowns? Is it easy to lay down your reputation? Is it easy to lay down your pride? Would it be, saying this, and the buck stops here. would it have been easier to blame Eve it well, wasn't my fault. You, you gave, and in fact, I was doing fine till you brought her into the garden, and then she gave it you. No, no, no. The buck stops here. I was touching the flower. I'm sorry. I will not touch the flower. Why can't I touch? No, 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 no. Don't touch the flower. Got it. And in the doing of it, we get understanding. This is the mystery of God. All right. Uh, now, is that somewhat clear? Okay, good. Thank you. Now, I want to c- kind of continue on here in the idea of, of allowing God to speak to us and how He speaks to us and actually in a real way that we can actually walk it out in my real life. That there needs to be things that actually change. I'm going, wow, okay. These are, these are coming along in my life. My values are changing. My ideas are changing. And I'm becoming like those that I'm hanging around with. Now, see, uh, uh, we're independent. And I'm not going to become like them. No, that's what kept me away from the church. Like I told you, I didn't like the church. I, I, you know, I drive a Cadillac now. I, I look at look at me. I'm one of the people I hated. But no, I'm really not. I just look like one of the people I hated. What I thought I hated. I've been turned into the thing that I despised. Would you be willing to do that, Paul? Would you be willing to do that, Moses? Would you be willing, Lord Jesus, Son of God, King of the universe, to become sin, to fulfill God's purpose, or do you have your limits? How many people have been pushed past your limit? I've heard people say, I just can't take anymore. That's exactly right. you put up your hand and said, no more. And from that point on, you will not walk with the lord anymore. Oh, you have a knowledge of him. You might even have conversations like Adam had with him, but you're not being changed into his image because I'm not going to do that. I will not stop that. I And you may even have just a bit. I'll show you the script. Not interested in anything you have to say. Don't touch the plant. Then I won't touch the plant. And in so doing, I'm changed. Okay. Now, that concept needs to be understood that our ways are not God's ways and His Spirit and the Word of God and the Church and His gifts and calling are working in us to conform us to a certain image. Okay? Now, let's turn our Bibles to Proverbs. It, it, and I, I've, I've taken quite a lot of time on laying, hopefully laying this foundation because now without that, instruction means very little to us. See, most people, I would think, view instruction like, I can take it or leave it. Uh, give, me some, give me some of your points of view, and if I like them, I'll take them. If I don't like them, I won't use them. Well, that's not God. That's good and evil. Well, I think that's pretty good. I think I'll do that. That's pretty bad. I don't like that. And then we have churches that fall into all kinds of things because, and I don't say anything. And what, is, what is rising up in the world today except good? Everything is good. There is no bad people anymore. There is no guilt anymore. There is no perverted people anymore, except the Christians, yeah. if you've noticed. There is, everything is now good. Don't you call anything you, Good is going to overtake the world. And it's not going to be God. Because there's certain things that God calls evil that we need to call evil. Like, and we got a list... How many people got their list of evil things? Okay, that's good. They might even be bright but sometimes touching the plant isn't one of them sometimes eating of the tree isn't one of them sometimes not killing all the people there's going to be things that God wants to bring into your life because some of your value systems are not correct they're just based on your conscience or what you've been raised with Paul, I can think of touching the law blameless what does he need to be forgiven of sins what does he need to be transformed from he's doing the word of God says I count that dung worthless I want to know him I live by these rules but they are meaningless I want to know Christ and the fellowship of his suffering now if that's there if we're determined to know the Lord Jesus Christ then let's get into his word and say Lord how do I learn this now what it's going to take is a complete humbling of yourself and having an ear to hear that is not going to come from you and say Lord you're speaking to me now how's he going to speak to you well, mostly through the book of jo- John's writing you a letter saying this is what God is saying to do. See, now, why didn't God tell Elias to stop playing with the plant? I wish he would. He doesn't do that. See, and we've got to get these things that God is, oh, God is going to use this strange... See, most of us really stay away from God because he's scary. I mean, I, I would come up with a better plan than this. Would you hang around with me? I wouldn't hang around with you. I wouldn't pick the people in the church. Like I said, I was running away from everybody, and God said, now I'm going to give you these people. Ah! Until I begin to embrace and say, Lord, your purpose is greater than me. You're building a work. All right, Proverbs chapter 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. The reason this book is given is to know wisdom and instruction. Now, we're going to learn, have to learn how to hear wisdom. One of the great points of knowing how to be a wise person, not a wise guy, but a wise person is realizing that wisdom does not bubble up from you. Wisdom comes from another source. A wise man will what? He knows everything. He'll tell you what? No. A wise man will hear wisdom and increase with learning contrary i already know that can't tell me anything oh that's very good thank you i think i'll I'll, and he starts to adapt himself to hearing something that oh never saw that before i'll do that so now we're going to to give ourselves to knowing wisdom which means those that the bible paul actually takes off on this says if you think you know something become as a fool that you know nothing because the less you know or at least you posture yourself like that the more you'll be able to hear the reason that we actually don't do things is because we know better. Well, I'm not going to do that. I would, you know, my time is valuable. Uh, I'd get somebody else. No, 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 my son, I want you to do this. Okay, Father, I hear that. I don't quite understand that. Like, like Isaac carrying the wood. And he says, um, we got the wood, we got the fire, but where is the sacrifice? Now, he gets this kind of a hokey answer. God will provide himself a sacrifice. Now, how many children here, how many children, you're all children, would accept that from the pastor or your dad? How come we have to clean up the room? I just want you to clean up the room. God God, God has the right reason. Okay, thank you. Well, I don't know who you think you are, don't you? Oh, no, 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 stop. I'm not touching it. The... God will provide himself a sacrifice. Okay. Well, that's kind of strange. I don't understand that. I've never done this before. Okay, here's the wood. Let's cut the fire. Uh, Why are you tying me up? (laughs) Well, you know, I will follow God to a point, but I'm not going to lose my life. Did you hear that? I'm not going to lose my life. Isn't that what Jesus did? If I value my life above God's direction, I have put Him off to the side. My life has to be of little consequence. And what is your life? It's more than what you eat and drink and what you wear. But those are the things in which God is going to deal with you on because there's no other way to deal with that rebellious part that don't eat of that tree. Oh, if my life is more than that, then, oh sure, I I cannot touch that because I know God is working. Oh, Father, I realize that you must have a plan here. I must, oh. Instead of, well, wait a minute, I'm 13 years old, I'll tell you what to do. You're just being dumb here. You're getting old. You've always brought a sacrifice. You're Foolishness. Foolishness. But we think it's very wise to act like that. Well, I told him off. Well, I gave him a piece of my mind. That means you don't have too much left. Okay. The word To know the words, now here this, this is given to us. God is now saying, my children, I'm going to reveal some secrets to you. And we say, well, why, why isn't God talking to me? He's talking to you. I want to teach you how to know wisdom and I want you to know instruction. Most of the time we don't hear instruction very well. We just kind of blow it off. To perceive the words of understanding, God wants to speak to you and give you some understanding. And sometimes we oh, that's kind of dumb. I don't see. Wait a minute. Humble yourself and actually say, wait a minute. You know what? I'm going to give myself to that. And I'm going to start doing that. And I'm going to let that word work in me. And something is going to take place. Okay to receive instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. Now, instruction and correction, the Bible uses many times together. The instruction or correction of wisdom. Now, was it instruction to Elias to not touch the plant, or was it correction? Well, it's really both. Instruction is, is kind of a politically correct way of saying correction. And we, we've, we found out another way how to say discipline or you know, getting a spanking. It's cultivating. I like that. Because, you know, the Bible talks about that our hearts should be, you know, our, the, the Word of God is sown in our hearts. But some, God sometimes can't just cultivate your heart. The way that He cultivates this ground many times is through this ground. So sometimes when you cultivate this, this actually gets softer. Okay? So we want to be cultivating the garden. Because wouldn't it be great? I mean, could you imagine punching somebody in the chest? You get a heart attack, a broken rib, a... I mean, I'm, bam. So he says, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give you this wonderful thing. You, you can't break it. it. It takes a lick in. <laughs> Anyway, do you understand? Sometimes we have to like, okay, there's some cultivating that needs to go on. All right? Now, it's, it's always funny when it happens up here. But cultivation usually isn't funny when it happens to you. And sometimes we have to laugh about things because sometimes if not, we just we just cry. I mean, my goodness, I couldn't put up with this life. What a dealing of God and having to, you know, what anyway. Okay. Receive ju- instruction. Instruction and then here we come. God is going to come and say, did you eat of the tree? Instruction. Now, when sin- for sinful man, what is the natural response to instruction? Justification. Lying. Being right. I'm not touching it. Let me tell you why. It wasn't my... You know, I wouldn't be in this mess if it wasn't for the church. I mean, I had a great life before I met you. You know, I, 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 like I said, I had my, my circle of friends became just about nothing till one thing. I had no responsibility. Had to handle nothing. And then God says, okay, you're going to get saved. I said, okay, praise God, and I was going to be some kind of flake face for the Lord. And I didn't think that at the time. But, and then it, this, this terrible thing came into my life it's called responsibility it's one of the worst things you could ever do to somebody give them responsibility first off I had to be responsible for myself and I had to learn these things then you have a wife I mean what is God thinking and then Paul says who sins who falls and I'm not burned Daily comes upon me the cares of the church. And early, I mean, in the early days, and then in Vaughan as well, every day the police are calling up or someone's in jail. I don't need this. I don't need to paint the house. I don't need to, I don't need to see how you. Responsibility. And I could be like Adam. And sometimes, like I said, man, I'm Chrissy, I'm just going to run away. She says, no, you're not running away. It's too late. At times, she used to be pretty scary. But. It's not all about you. Paul the word that came to Paul show you what great things you must suffer for. My sake. My sake, he said. Oh I mean I have to care about the people, pray for the people, and talk with the people and put up with the people. See, Moses made this great understanding, like again, he began to choose his friends according to God's purpose. He said I'd have to make a choice. Whether to have the pleasures of Egypt. He had friends over there. I mean, he was a big shot over there. If he didn't have friends, he could have bought them. He had, he could have done anything. The pleasures of Egypt. He was second to Pharaoh. He was basically Pharaoh's son. He was the, 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 the big shot of big shots. And he had to make a decision. And this is the decision we have to make. Sometimes be like, not be like Lot. Look out and go, oh wow, that's better. I'm taking that. And Moses would say, I'd rather suffer with the people of God than to have my own way. What? And at some point, you come to that choice every day. I'd rather be like, of no reputation to myself. Not the reputation. Who really cares about what people think about you anyway? It's the reputation to yourself. I I got that. I was was back there visiting my, my mom and my brother. And I was, you know, with totally different views. And I said, Michael, Please look at me. You know what kind of a person I was. I was a per, I was tear gassed in Washington D.C. I was everything. Did everything. I was a political political above this. I was a communist and then dropped out of communism because they were too they were too controlling. <laughs> and pretty I said these are not my views. Some of these things I have the same problems that you do. I didn't suddenly become this moral majority person. I began to look and say if this is God, then I have to accept that, and I'll be willing to change my point of view on whatever he says, and with, sometimes with great crying, great suffering, and great kicking and screaming. But if not, then really I become the Lord of my life, and Jesus is kind of neat, but uh, I have no intention of changing my views. I still think and I still do when I believe, and no, I now have to take on his belief system, and this is what the book of Proverbs is given to us for, is how to be conformed to the image of Jesus, how to hear instruction. All right we're going to end there, because it's late. But we're going to talk, we're hopefully we're going to start in the book of Proverbs, and talk about this idea of looking at hearing instruction. Desperately important to be able to hear instruction as God gives it, and not just hear it like I said. Uh well, yeah, it's a pretty good saying. A lot of people would hear Jesus and say, boy, that was a good parable. Did you hear that parable about sowing seed? And that was pretty neat. But their lives were never changed. But those that would come and say, Lord, what does that mean? Their life began to be changed. Say, oh, that's that's God in my life. And their actual life practices, their views of life, become discipled, become changed, and their lives become a prosperity and a blessing to God and to His people. Amen? Amen. All right. As it was said, we're going to have lunch after church downstairs. So let's pray here and thank God. Hopefully, His Word is put into our heart today. Bless this time, Lord. We thank you, Father, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that our sins are forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. amen.